0: Everyone and welcome to Finding Your Bliss, the show that helps you find and follow your bliss. I'm Judy Lee Bracken. As you all know, this show is really about people who illuminate the world with their light, their happiness, and their spirit. And today we have someone who really embodies that. Our celebrity guest today is television, radio, and podcast host influencer and content creator, Jennifer Valentine, who as you all know, was a fixture on camera as a host on City TV for over 20 years. She has been described as a ray of sunshine. And in fact, when she left City after 23 years, over 30,000 people took to the airwaves. In this case, I believe it was to Twitter to say how devastated they were and how deeply missed Jennifer was on breakfast television. People have always said that her smile is like a ray of sunshine. And and really, that sunniness suits her name, because not only is she a ray of sunshine, but she's also someone that really makes everyone smile. The beautiful and talented Jennifer Valentine is on the show today, and also on the program, which is so cool, is Jennifer's talented daughter, Georgia Valentine, who is our featured artist this week. But first, let me tell you a little bit more about our celebrity guest, Jennifer Valentine. As the warm and smiling face of Morning Television's Live Eye segment for 23 years on City, Jennifer Valentine was also the host of The Bachelor and The Bachelorette Canada's first live after show on the W Network. With her infectious enthusiasm lighting up everything she does, Jennifer's journey to becoming one of the most recognizable faces on television really started back when she was attending Centennial College for Radio Television Broadcasting. She then took on an internship at MuchMusic, and after graduation, she obtained a full-time position as a graphics operator in the hopes of becoming a VJ. Moses Neimer, founder of City TV, who of course is also the owner of this station, Zoomer Radio, had other plans and he brought her to morning television in the memorable role of the singing weather girl and the rest is history. Over the course of her career, Jennifer has interviewed celebrities such as Sir Richard Branson, Billy Crystal, Rachel McAdams, Channing Tatum and Harrison Ford, but her passion has always been people in the community and she has the exceptional gift of unearthing their fascinating stories and sharing them in a very meaningful way. Also an actor, Jennifer was a founding member of the comedy troupe On the off-ramp, and studied improv at the Second City, as well as working with one of the originals, Joe Flaherty, on character building. As well, she has been writing songs and singing jazz. She has a gorgeous voice. I don't know if you guys know this, but you're going to hear it today. And she's been doing this since she was a teen, really. And she went on tour after releasing two CDs, she was also previously a co-host of Q107. Jennifer is deeply fulfilled by giving back to the community with volunteer initiatives, and she's actively involved with Camp Ooch, the Children's Breakfast Club, Dreams Take Flight, Habitat for Humanity, Women Build, Pride Build, and World Vision. I have also, just on a personal note, been so struck by Jennifer's unbelievably likable and lovable and watchable, I have to say, Instagram and TikTok stories that she has created over the pandemic. She has become a major Instagram and TikTok influencer with a huge following of almost 80,000 followers. And she also has a very successful podcast, Mother Daughter Date, which is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and YouTube. Jennifer, (laughs) longest intro ever. It's such an honor and a delight (laughs) to have you join us today. Welcome to Finding Your Bliss.
1: Oh, thanks, Judy. That's so nice.
0: (laughs) It's all true. You
1: got almost everything in there too.
0: That's crazy. (laughs) (laughs) Everything but the kitchen sink, but I'm sure we'll manage that as well. You know, Jennifer, I remember when you first started on City TV and I thought to myself, that girl has the it factor. And obviously Moses felt that way as well. And that's never changed. I'd love to start with where you're at right now with this fabulous content you're creating daily on Instagram and TikTok where you cook and you share all these fabulous mouthwatering recipes and you make it look so perfect and easy. And the reaction to this has been unbelievable and incredible from the public. How did all of this evolve? Well, I've always loved social
1: media. uh, And, you know, I've grown up in the television and radio world. And when social media came into play, you know, we all got involved. Twitter was first, uh, and Facebook, and then Instagram. um, And Instagram was all about the beautiful photos. But when TikTok came along, it really promotes everything cooking, acting, singing. uh, And, I just really took to it. And at first, I really didn't get too involved. It was, it was my kids, right? And you really kind of thought of it as a young platform, you know, like not a lot of parents were on that platform, but I watched it and it was like reality television, but in small doses. So instead of watching a half hour reality show, you're watching a 30 second, one minute reality piece. And with the way people are thinking today, we want information so quickly. We've all got these ADHD brains and we, you know, we're, we, we can't focus on anything because there's just so much information. It's kind of perfect. You can give, you can put out a recipe and in. 30 seconds. Yeah, (laughs) it takes a little bit of work, but yeah, you you get it down and to 30 seconds. And that's really kind of all you need. So I got involved instead of just watching. Um, you know, I found myself with a lot of time on my hands. We're in a pandemic and I did a couple of dances with my daughter and left it. And just, I was a watcher, you know, and I'm thinking, wow, there's so many talent, talented people all over the world. And, (laughs) uh, and then I went. I'm going to start creating content and then doing things that I absolutely loved. And I, I like a little bit of everything, you know, people have their (laughs) niches on, on TikTok, but uh, you know, I like a little bit of variety. It's like a variety show. And I just put it also out on Facebook and, and Instagram as well. And um, I really love it. You can, you can do whatever you want. Nobody's telling you, what kind of content to create? You're creating the content. So I just started doing it and I think people started to find me and um, I've just had a lot of fun with it. I've even, I, I've made friends through TikTok, believe it or not. <laughs> Who makes friends? I've made friends. They've come to my house for you dinner. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh my goodness. <laughs> what is this about? But um yeah, I love it. And you know what I love the most about it is you don't need somebody in power, an executive at a television station to tell you that you are good enough to be on TV or mm-hmm. you are the mm-hmm. one. You create your own destiny. You are the master wow. of your own destiny and you wow. do what you love to do and 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 people will follow you if they're interested in, in what you are producing and that's what's great about it and you see these young kids with millions of followers with yes. beautiful personati- personalities that just light up your phone and they may have never had the opportunity to do something like this and you know what i also love about it is you don't have to be young you are uh, you there are are people in their 80s, people in their 90s that are becoming TikTok stars and doing things that they've always wanted to do, comedy, cooking, whatever it is. And I saw one woman that was crying and saying, you know, like, I wanted to do this my whole life. And then I thought I was too old. (sighs) You're not too old, not for
0: TikTok. And I think Jennifer is being humble here because not everyone has this persona that you have. You just always look gorgeous. I think, how does she look gorgeous? Like I find at our age, it's hard to look gorgeous two days in a row, but you look gorgeous seven days a week and your recipes, the the, the grilled cheeses and the yummy mac and cheeses and the chocolate bombs are so mouthwatering. Do you dream up all of these recipes or some of these from sponsors or how does this all evolve and come together?
1: So what's great about TikTok is you can copy other people. Apparently it's allowed on TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> so you can go on there and there are trends. So you will take a trend, whether it's a comedy trend or a singing trend, whatever it is, and you make it into your own. So you could do it exactly the way somebody did it or you could put your own spin on it. And there are recipes that are trends, like the famous one, and I don't know if you've heard of this one, but it was the feta pasta. Oh, and it was a huge trend, and people got on it, and everybody did it. So, the recipes that I've done on my own, um, I'll see them maybe on YouTube, or I'll, I'll it's may, maybe a family recipe, or my husband makes something. Um, like I made, I made chicken noodle soup, it was just chicken noodle soup, and it did extremely well. People loved it. They were looking for a good chicken noodle soup recipe. The downside of TikTok, and you got to develop a a a thick skin. And after many years and being in your fifties, you do develop a a thick skin. Um, Our people are very negative too. So they'll give you, you know, well, I don't do it that way. And why would you do it this way? And you just have to laugh it off. And you, I already know that's coming. People are going to say that I'm doing it wrong. And you know what? You say, thank you very much. Thanks for your input. Uh, Sometimes our input's good. Creative criticism is good. Sometimes I I learn a lot from creative criticism. And you just have to realize that you're opening yourself up to a platform that has many different personalities on it. So it's the good, the bad, the ugly. (laughs)
0: What what I love about this for you is because you are a singer, as I mentioned off the top, you're a talented singer, you're a talented dancer, you've been a cheerleader. Guys, uh, Jennifer was a sunshine girl, like you've done it all. And it almost brings together all of these things, your television hosting abilities. It's just like the perfect platform. So it's so, so great stuff. And I also think, and we'll get to the pandemic in a moment, but that during the pandemic, you have provided some great entertainment. And I always think of like Shit's Creek has gotten me through and and you in part have gotten me through with these fabulous feel-good videos. So it's, it's, you're doing exactly what you did on City, but as you say, it's like in short bursts, which is great for people's short attention spans. And it's just, it's the best.
1: And you can get like, listen, you could get millions of views on something, you know, and uh, maybe you, and you don't ever look at that. You don't look at the likes and the views. You just put out what you love and then hope that people love it too but you don't forget about all the other platforms because they're all different and they have different people on different platforms and Facebook. And you were mentioning Twitter. Um, I say that actually save Facebook saved me because Facebook was where I got all the, the views and the people, you know, Supporting me at a time where I really needed support, so I can never forget Facebook, and I love Facebook
0: Live too. So you got thirty thousand comments when you left City TV after twenty three years. People didn't want to watch anymore. I actually (laughs) remember this, and I remember thinking, like, because you were like the light of it. You were the light of the of of the show, and then you were there, and it was like, what? But the audience reacted in space thirty thousand comments just on one social media platform. So that must have made you feel good to hear people just going we can't watch we can't do this without you
1: you know i was um overwhelmed and i didn't expect it cuz you don't know the way people feel about you and uh i remember the night before they were going to make the announcement a couple of nights before and i said to my husband i said what if what if everyone doesn't care you know what happens if Nobody cares that I I'm gone and he said people are gonna care but you don't you don't know that and um, of course I was devastated you know I had spent half my life over half my life at city TV and um, <clears throat> when they did make the announcement and and I <laughs> I think of it now as a blessing at the time it upset me that they announced it on April Fools and announced it on social media and not on the show but now I look yes. back at it now as, wow, it just, it made a even bigger and more shareable because people were saying, is this a joke? And I thought, maybe it is a joke. Maybe they're going to ask me to (laughs) come back. And after a weekend of comments and, um, and I read every single one of them and I didn't answer them back right away because I didn't know what I was allowed and what I wasn't allowed to do. It was, it was so overwhelming. And I just spent the weekend in my pajamas crying at the computer and thinking, well, Monday they're going to say, oh, we can't let her go. We're going to bring her back. (laughs) And, uh, and, and that didn't happen. Um, because other things were supposed to happen. You know, like it wasn't my path and it happens. I truly believe that things happen for a reason because if that didn't happen, this wouldn't have happened or this wouldn't have happened. And we're where we're supposed to be right now. And uh, it took me a really long time to realize that. And it does, it's like a relationship. When they say when, you know, you break up, when a relationship breaks up, whether it's a long-term or a marriage, a friendship, uh, it, it takes a good two years. I I personally think it takes longer than that, but, uh, it, it was really, it was a hard pill to swallow, but silver lining is I would have never have known how people felt about me. I really, I really didn't know. And, um, and to connect with people and be able to, you know, for them to inspire me, for me to inspire them. I heard all these stories from all these other people and it just made me feel like I wasn't alone. You know, I wasn't alone. I like—I'm not the only one that's gone through that. You feel like you are, believe me. Um, yes. so many women go through this, and unfortunately, at a certain stage in our career, a certain stage in our life, a certain age yeah. in our life, and uh, yeah. and and, you know, as women. It's it's a reality, you know, and hopefully that will change.
0: You know, as you're talking, I'm thinking about Oprah Winfrey's famous quote: "In every difficulty, or setback, or obstacle lies great opportunity." And it's so true. We don't know that at the time, but um, and we're going to talk about reinvention soon. But uh, it's so true. Everything happens for a reason, and you've been able to reinvent yourself in a way that just is like crazy. Like you're so so fabulous. You're so sweet. Uh, you were just in Hello Magazine. I saw that feature wearing that stunning blue gown. And you can, guys, you can find that online, Hello Magazine, uh, uh, featuring Jennifer Valentine. And I couldn't get over, I, I honestly, I said, my my our producer Shabon said, I think we're living in a parallel universe because I love Goldie Hawn and I'm always posting her videos, her dancing videos. So I read that you love Goldie Hawn too. And then I realized, wait a minute, you remind me so much of Goldie Hawn. And this kind of reminded me of my interview with Melissa Grello, who has been our show talking about how she adores j And I thought, but actually, Jennifer is a lot like Goldie Hawn. You're like the modern day version. <laughs> so were you always a fan of Goldie Hawn's? And did you ever interview her or is she on your wish list to interview one day?
1: Oh, I would love to interview Goldie Hahn. I'd love to be your best friend and I have always loved her. Ever since I can remember, I've loved her spirit, her energy. To me, she is forever young. And you know, I just saw her in Greece, uh where they shot Mamma Mia. She went to the island. Is it is it scopolos? Is that how you say it? I don't, yes, I don't know how yes. you say it. And she was in the water, splashing around <laughs> in her bathing suit and looking fabulous. Everything about her, her relationship with her husband and how long it's lasted and, you know, well they're not married. That's probably why they've lasted, but, <laughs> Exactly, I <always> think that <laughs> they are definitely husband and wife and her yes. relationship with her daughter inspires the relationship that I have with my daughter. And I just, I, yeah, I've always been inspired. And when I took, I wasn't allowed to take um, uh, drama in school. I wasn't allowed to take drama because my mother um, just didn't think that that's where you, sh- what you should do in high school, you know? So I, I, I didn't take it, but I took it night school because I really wow. wanted to take it. So I took, I took a course in night school and I used to t- do, um, uh, pieces or scenes from Goldie Hawn movies, like private butterflies Benjamin are and, free. And, butterflies yeah.
0: are free. That two-hander. Oh, I could totally see you in that. I did that in theater school. With Stuart Hughes. Yes. See how much <laughs> We're so connected. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's great. It's so crazy. Jennifer. Oh my goodness. Uh, you were also a cheerleader, mm-hmm. like there so many things a- about you, just on and on, and your daughter, so this was another parallel universe thing is you have a very talented daughter. Uh, who's who's a singer and a songwriter, and she's going to be our featured artist. It's Georgia Valentine. She has a gorgeous voice, as do you. And my daughter's Lily Liebrach, and we do, were talking in the green room about Grace Rocket. There's so many connections, it's crazy.
1: Because your daughter knows Grace Rocket very well, who knows my daughter, and they went to school together. And, you know, the musical theater <laughs> community is very small. They all yes. know each other. Yes,
0: yes, it's so true. So... Jennifer, you, you wanted to be an actor, and you certainly were talented enough to be a musical theater actor and singer, because I've heard you sing, but your mom convinced you to pivot into broadcasting. Can you tell us how she convinced you to do that, and are you kind of glad that that was the case? Uh, I am
1: glad that that was the case, and so my mother, unfortunately, was very sick with cancer, and it was terminal, and it was adrenal cancer, which is very rare. Oh, um so and- sorry. Thank you. You know, it's it's funny because I'm approaching the age that my mother was when she passed away and you realize how, I'm realizing how young my mother was and how much of a life she had ahead of her. And now that Georgia is the same age as me when I was, when my mother passed, it's making me think of her so much right now and just connecting with her again and just wondering, no, really knowing what it would be like to... Have to say goodbye to your family and leave them, and when they mm. still need you so very much, and uh, so she was sick for most of my teenage years. I remember when I found out she had cancer, and uh, the fight began. And um, eh, I mean, I think that we all we all had high hopes. We we thought, yes, we we are going to beat this, you know. And um, and unfortunately, she was told that it was terminal. And then, um, yeah, just having to be there. For my mom at a time when, um, listen, a lot of the times teenagers, you know, you're fighting with your mother. You're going through that stage of, in life where you're not getting along with your mother. And I was definitely in that stage where I was not getting along and we were butting heads. So I had a lot of guilt for many, many years because I felt like I wasn't good enough for my to my mother, that I should have treated her better. And it took many, many years for me to forgive myself. Um but I did forgive myself because that was the time in my life. And um, and unfortunately, she did pass away. But before she did, I was going to go to school for theater. And hopefully, I, I really wanted to go to Ryerson for theater. And I wanted to be an actress. I always thought I was going to move to California. I was going to be an actress. And um, my mother was worried about her youngest baby. My sister's 11 years older than me. My brother's eight years older than me. They're married kids. And she was worried about me. So she, as sick as she was... She went around to all the colleges in the area and found a program called Radio and Television Broadcasting. And she came home and she said, Listen, I didn't know it existed. And she said, There's this program, and it's called Radio and Television Broadcasting. And you could do anything you could be a producer, you could do camera, you could do audio. There were so many possibilities, or you could be on air. So we both went for the tour and discussion day together at one of the colleges. It was Centennial. And uh, and I applied, and she got to see me get into my first semester, and unfortunately died. Uh, unfortunately, she passed away during my first semester. So sorry. And um, oh my God. thank you. And and you know, for me being me, I um, I didn't tell anyone, you know, that my mother was sick or my mother was was terminal and um, and then everybody found out. and that's that's kind of me. I try to keep things private like that because I don't want people to feel sorry for me. <laughs> um, but the support that I received from my friends, from my family, um, it was incredible. and um yeah, she changed my whole entire life and I still feel her every day. you know she I think about her all the time be
0: so. Proud of you. I think so. Watching you on City for 23 years because I really believe in this stuff. I do too. Right? Mm-hmm. and and seeing you now you know doing what you're doing now and, and all the things you're going to continue to do because you're that kind of person we were talking about erica m and reinvention in the green room before the show and i think you have that gene as well of it's really incredible there's another very cool thing that we have in common that i can't wait to ask you about but first we're going to go on a short commercial break more with finding your bliss and jennifer valentine when we come back back in a moment We are back and this is Finding Your Bliss on Zoomer Radio, AM 740, FM 96.7. And our celebrity guest today is Jennifer Valentine. Jennifer, I wanted to ask you about another cool parallel, which is that you were a wedding officiant. As you know, I wrote the Toronto Wedding Handbook and I thought, yes, you became a wedding. What inspired you to do that? Um... Actually, uh, one of my
1: really good friends, uh, Keith, he said, I worked with him at City for years. And he said, I really want you to marry me. Um, He was getting married to a beautiful woman named Amy. And I said, okay, I have to find a wedding officiant course or something. I didn't know where to go and I looked online and I found one and I went and I got the certificate and I was able to marry Keith and Amy. And then after I just asked all my friends and family, does anybody want me to marry them? Because I knew I didn't want to do it as a business. I knew I wanted this to be a gift for people if they wanted me to marry them. And another one of my friends a TIFF, he was a personal trainer for me. And he said, will you marry me? And um, his wife, Christine, and I married them uh, in the distillery district. That was pretty incredible. And uh, yeah, I just opened it up. I sent it out to my friends and said, hey, anybody needs a wedding officiant, I'm here for you. <laughs> so it was something I wanted to do as a gift. I, I would never do it as, um, as a business. I didn't want to do it as a
0: business. Isn't that incredible, though? It again speaks to your outward focused, service oriented giving back, which we're going to get to as well um, in this interview. But I wanted to talk about your daughter, Georgia, now and your wonderful podcast that you have with her mother-daughter date, which is doing so well. Um, What is it like balancing the mother-daughter thing and the working together thing? So when I lost my job at City, I didn't know
1: what I was going to do and I really gave it some time. Um, I I was just thinking about, I knew I had W. W had called me fairly early, which really gave me hope. And I knew it was only a nine-week gig, but it gave me hope that I could still work in this industry and that somebody still wanted me. So I knew it was coming up. So that kind of gave me... Some light in my life, so and some happiness again. You know that okay, I'm going to do this, and it's good. It's a national show, but I can't talk about it for 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 a bit. So I was hanging out a lot with my daughter. So we were walking down to the beaches, walking the dog, and she is funny, and I know she's in musical theater and she loves to sing. She's got a beautiful voice, but Georgia is funny, and uh, she even took a comedy course in Man- Manhattan um, and did comedy down in down in New York and. Um, uh, before the pandemic, she was talking about doing a tour at Yuck Yucks and um, which surprises me that she didn't go to school for comedy, but um she's funny. So we would have chats and I would put them on social media like Insta stories. And then one day, and she regrets it, I'm sure, but I said, do you want to start our own social channel? Like, <laughs> Together. And she goes, yeah, sure, whatever. <laughs> so I started doing some research on what we could call it mother-daughter something, mother-daughter duo, mother-daughter. And then I went, how about mother-daughter date? And I went, oh, you know what? All the, all the handles are probably taken, mother-daughter date. It's like a popular hashtag. Wouldn't you know? Nothing was taken. Nobody had mother-daughter date on any social media platform. So I took it all. I said, okay, this is what we're gonna be called. We're gonna do we're gonna be call ourselves mother-daughter date. And we're gonna go out on dates together. So I just took it <laughs> from my live eye experience where I felt like Everything I did was an experience. Whether I visited, um, you know, the latest attraction, the CNE, or I, um, I was helping at a charity, and I just kind of did the same thing. But I'm doing it with my daughter, and it's a date. So uh, the, our first date was at Pride, at the Pride Parade. Never, I'd never been. Always wanted to go, and that was our first date together in 2017, I think
0: did it take off from the beginning because there's such fun energy and you guys are so real and authentic and funny. Like it's funny. It's so like in the ice cream truck, when you're, when you're serving the soft ice cream, like that's like to me watching. an I love Lucy. episode. that like, I love it. Well, it was great. I just like the ideas were just endless and this was before TikTok. So we haven't really evolved
1: on TikTok yet. Cause it's a whole other beast. She's in school. She's very busy producing her album. But um, I, uh, I just said, why don't we steal an ice cream truck? You know, we'll go, we'll ask somebody for an ice cream truck. We'll go, we'll see if we can take it. We'll take the ice cream truck and we'll give away free ice cream in a park, (laughs) you know, before the pandemic. And and I just phoned up Donkey Cone because it's my favorite name for an ice cream truck, Donkey Cone. And I said, (laughs) hey, can we steal one of your ice cream trucks? And they said, "Uh, okay. So we didn't even know how it worked. They were so trusting. We just showed up. They're like, all right, take that one. They didn't tell me how to drive it. Nothing. <laughs> I got in. I was terrified. <laughs> terrified. I'm like, it's scary driving those things. And we didn't even know how to work the, the ice cream. We were just figuring it out as we went. And uh, it was, I cannot tell you the joy that we felt driving up to a park filled with children and yelling out free ice cream. That was the best feeling I think I've ever had. And kids running and parents fretting, and we're like, how don't you wish you could do this? Every single day, and yeah, so you know what? It's all it's all fun, and um, you know George is very busy right now, so we're trying to fit it in when we can. We put the podcast on hiatus a bit, and now we're starting it up again. Um, now that she can figure out her schedule, and um, but yeah, she's still into it, but uh, but because she's so
0: busy at school, it's not um it's not an everyday thing you're also, I've noticed about you, Jennifer, you're, you're not afraid of anything. It seems like I saw you zip lining and (laughs) are you a bit of a daredevil? I think so. I think, you know, my father said to me,
1: uh, one time, Jennifer, you're always going to feel 25 in your mind. You know, your body may not work like it used to, but you're always going to feel 25. And now that I'm, you know, 54, I know exactly what he was talking about because I still feel 25. And, um, As long as you, you know, eat healthy, you exercise, and I think you can do all these things still. I think you can, and that's what I I loved about what I did. You know, I always said that the job that I did in this industry for 23 years kept me young. It didn't matter how old I was. And the biggest compliment that anybody had ever given me was, you know, I want to do what you do. And these weren't young girls. These were women in their 40s, women in their 50s, women in their 60s. Because I could do it, they felt that they could do it too. And you can, as long as you're feeling up to it and your knees are okay. You know, I'm going to zip line. I'm going to, I was just talking about, you know, um, I saw somebody cliff diving in Greece. And I said to Georgia, I said, we got to go to Greece. We got to go cliff diving. And I'm like, am I actually going to go cliff diving? Absolutely. I'm going to go cliff diving.
0: (laughs) That's so great. It's so interesting what you're saying because Joan London was on the show and she said the (gasps) same thing. When you close your eyes, what age do you imagine yourself to be? And you just answered it. And I always say 28, so I'm a few years older and I am really a few years older than you as well. But but yeah, 28, I'm not the age that I am. So it's really so much about your mindset and about how you feel and, and how encouraging and lovely is that. So um, I wanna ask you about some of the silver linings that you have found during COVID, during the 18 months of the pandemic even with regards to your husband and your two children, Jackson and Georgia, and just life, like what have been the silver linings for you?
1: Well, I really think that this pandemic has taught us a lot, you know, um, gratitude. You know, I'm more grateful than I have ever been for family, for health. I mean, what people have experienced with job loss and, um you don't see me too much complaining about my life on social media. And I think it's because um, because I know how hard people have it. You know, I really do. People have really opened up to me, especially on social media. So I know what's, what's going on out there. And I think we all do, really. Um, so I... I love the fact that people are opening up because it because and then we we don't feel like we're alone. A lot of people are opening up about mental health, and I think that is important because then people are like, okay, well, I'm not the only one that's going through this. You know, there are other people who are feeling the exact same way as I do. So I really do love the fact that people are opening up, but I think that. um I think that I'm just, I'm just grateful. And, you know, you've heard the stories through this pandemic and I don't think we will ever forget them ever, um, in our, in our lifetime. Um, and the people who lost their lives, you know, like we had a neighbor who, who lost her life in her late fifties and it's just not fair. Somebody who was healthy. And this was at the beginning of the pandemic. So right away you realize what, what this has done. And, um, And just, and the job loss. And, uh, you know, I think, I think just being grateful for what we have, for everything that we have and every day, like, you know, they talk about the gratitude journals, but to write down what you are grateful for every single day is so important, especially when you have gone through something horrible or you feel depressed or you feel alone, um, you know, I went through a really bad time I think because I had been at City for a very long time. I had been at City for 28 years really from the time I was 19 I started volunteering at Much Music. I was I was at school. And so really I didn't know anything else. So to be let go from a job when you're 48 and feeling old really, you know, um you think am I ever going to work again and I really said I said to my husband I said I don't think I'm ever going to be happy again. And he said, how can you say that? I said, I don't, I just don't. I said, I don't think I'm ever going to be happy, but that's the way you felt at that time. And you realize that you're not going to be happy 24 seven. Nobody's happy 24 seven. So you live for those happy moments. And there are so many of those happy moments
0: and, um, and you can find them and it all comes from being grateful. And I so agree with what you're saying and just start training your mind. I think it's like a muscle, like a mental muscle. Yes. If you start just saying three things that you're happy for, it's so funny. This is the extra of our show, but this is so much what I believe is just the smallest things. The sun was shining this morning, man, that cup of coffee this morning from Starbucks was fabulous, whatever that just train your mind to do it every day. And then more and more becomes available to you. And you start to see things that you might not have seen otherwise. Jennifer, you've also been, as mentioned off the top, a huge giver and a person who has always been in great service. So you're a great person, by the way. Oh my gosh. <laughs> you're so sweet. <laughs> Can you speak to how important it is to give back and why it's so meaningful to you? Uh one, I think it makes you
1: feel like you have a purpose and you, if it makes you feel good about yourself, really, it it does. And I think that I have, I am the way I am because of what happened to me at a very young age. It was tragic. Um, It changed my whole life. I mean, is there a silver lining from losing your mother? Um, I'll tell you, I, I, I... I would do anything. I would give anything to have my mother back and to, to have that ha- what happened not happen. And I'd like to think I, I would have been the same person. But I think I really learned from a young, late age how, how short life is and how precious it is. And that's when I started volunteering. I think as soon as I lost my mother, I, lo- I was looking for a purpose. And I thought, what am I going to do? Um, and immediately I became um, a big sister for the Children's Aid Society. And I found that extremely fulfilling to a young eleven year old girl, and I wanted to inspire a young girl um, that didn't have a father figure in her life and um, she did she did have a mother now usually it's it's somebody who doesn't have a mother in her life, but because the mother was a single mom with three young children, I think they wanted sort of a big sister type of um and I felt like I was kind of a big sister to, 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 to the other two as, as well. Hopefully I was. And then it just kind of went from there. I became a camp counselor at Camp Uchigeas, uh, a cancer camp for kids. I did that for three years and that was extremely fil- fulfilling. I am involved with uh, Camp Uchigeas until this day. And um, and I just hosted a charity event for them not v- very recently. So I anything they asked me to do, I'm going to do. And I actually talked to them about now that I have more time on my hands, I could actually go back and be a counselor again because it, they're counselor, counselors that are all ages. It's volunteer. And then the food bank. I just did an event for the food bank and um, World Vision and the Children's Breakfast Club, which is very important to me because um, I met the Children's Breakfast Club through breakfast television and then started becoming uh, one of their ambassadors. And, um, and I help them out all the time. So these are charities. They call me anytime they want and I will drop everything for them. And I think it just... Giving back, it really does. It gives you a purpose. And and that's what life is all about.
0: 100%. And when we're in service, utilizing our unique gifts and talents and capabilities to make the world a better place, you can't help but be happy as well. When you're in service and you're helping people, Mm -hmm. there's no greater feeling, right? Our wonderful intern, Lauren Kaminsky, who's sort of taken over our newsletter and online magazine, grew up watching you, Jennifer. And she always admired your Confidence and she asked me to ask you, were you always a confident kid growing up? Never, no.
1: I wasn't a confident really? kid. No, I always wanted to be a singer and I did. My mother was a beautiful singer and I was embarrassed to sing in front of my mother because she was so good and um, I didn't sing. And then even for the school play when it was Guys and Dolls and I really wanted to audition for the lead. And uh, listen, the girl who auditioned for the lead ended up being amazing. I saw her not that long ago. Uh, Lisa, she's incredible and she did a great job, but I think I admired her and looked at her and thought, wow, I wish I, I wish I auditioned for the Lead. And I was the backup girl, which is fine. I was in it. I was doing my kicks. Um, but no, I didn't. I think the confidence did grow, and I don't think I'm. I'm. I think I do have confidence, but then again, I, I don't. I think I'm a people pleaser, and um, I, and I don't think that's a bad thing. Listen. People pleasers get a bad rap and sometimes it kind of bugs me because you can still be happy being a people pleaser. They say people pleasers get taken advantage of, but as long as you... And I think this happens when you get older, especially in your 50s, especially when you're going through menopause, where you learn to say no and you pick and choose and you give yourself the 24 hour rule before you say yes, because I'm a yes person. Yes, I'll do that. Oh, I can do that for you. I can do everything. I can add that right onto my plate, just I I'll push over the potatoes here and stick it right on there. So um, yeah, they say you know people pleasers are that reason because of self esteem, right? You know, there's so many different reasons why you're a people pleaser. For me, I think it was maybe because my mother was so sick growing up, and, and usually sometimes when you're a caregiver to a to a parent, that 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 sometimes happens. And um, but listen, I don't regret it. I would rather say yes than say no. And I think um, at this stage in my life. I think I'm I'm okay now with saying no. You 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 know what I mean. You learn as you go along. So I'm not always confident. I just I just want to do it. I want to say yes. If we're gonna go cliff diving, say yes.
0: Say yeah. yes. You're, you're a make it happen kind of girl, and you're a yes girl, and that's why you're sunny and a ray of sunshine. I know your daughter's a musical theater actress. We've talked about it. She's going to be singing us out of the show. But I was just wondering, do you ever have a desire, Jennifer, to go back? To singing or to musical
1: theater? I love that you said that because now that I'm sort of, and listen, there have been opportunities and I don't know what the future holds. I find that when you are working full-time, you are giving everything to a company, which I did. You know, I did that for years and and I'm really great at it. I'm a great employee. Um, And I do like working for a company, but when you're working on your own and you start to think, well, hey, wait a minute, I don't know, I can make my own hours and, you know, Should I do that California thing? Should I go for, you know, um, pilot season in January? Should I talk to my agent? But I think that social media gives you that opportunity to be whatever you want. If I want to go and do a little acting or do a little comedy, you can do that and you never know where it will go. And I was thinking, maybe I should call the old comedy troupe back and we should start touring again. So it's funny that you said that because this is a time in your life where you might have a little bit more time to do those kind of things.
0: Well, when you get your next show or your next whatever, and I know there's going to be (laughs) constant things uh, because you are a a person of reinvention. I hope you're going to come back and join us again. You you have a song called The Way You Look Tonight. We found this online. And I was like, oh my God, she sounds gorgeous. And so I wanted to play for our listeners today. Can you set up The Way You Look Tonight for our listeners?
1: Well, it was my wedding song, so I I did a, an album called The Wedding Album, and it was, you know, after I got married, I think I I already had Jackson and Georgia, and I wanted to do a wedding album, and that was one of the songs that I chose to be on the album. Obviously, it was my wedding song. So uh, I always wanted to do a wedding CD and I did it. I'm happy that I did it. and all 10,000 copies got sold, so I was really happy. Then I broke wow. even <laughs> That's, if I I knew if I'd sold 10,000 I would have broke even <laughs> and I did
0: I'm and you know what that is so cool but I'm not surprised because it's that good so we're gonna have a listen to the way you look tonight <laughs> yes. sung by not only tv host and uh instagram and tiktok influencer but also singer and actor jennifer valentine let's have a listen oh my god that was so beautiful oh. jennifer oh just I haven't that. heard it in so long. So thank you. <laughs> it's so great. What is bliss for Jennifer Valentine?
1: Uh, my family. Bliss is my family. You know, I'm blessed and, uh, I, I love, I love my kids and I'm, you know, and because of my, the situation that I was in, I'm, I'm there for my kids all the time. Uh, no matter what, I will drop anything for my kids. And, um, Listen, I had a great mom. She was funny. She was cute. She was a people pleaser, but she was also a workaholic. So I think when you are a workaholic and you work, 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 and then you develop cancer, um, you look back on your life and you think, was that worth it? You know. And even though I do think I'm a workaholic too, I love to work, but I will always be there for my kids. And even when I was working in the mornings, I was the one that picked them up. I was the one that took them to, you know, I say I sleep when I'm dead, uh, taking them to dance, to hockey, running around and, um, not getting very, getting five hours sleep a night. And I'm like, that's okay. I'm okay. Yeah.
0: Aristotle and Asis only slept three or four hours a
1: night. Moses Neimer, ask Moses how long oh, he sleeps a night. I don't, I think he only sleeps three or four hours a, a night. It's true. I, we had, had this conversation and, uh,
0: does, he doesn't sleep very much. Creative people, right? Well, I have to tell you, I've always been an admirer. I've always been a fan. And I see now that I was right because you are you are truly just a wonderful person. And, and I really think that you, it's so funny because I talk about bliss, but I think you are part of what makes the world a better place. I really do. And I think that you did during <sighs> the pandemic. And I think that you've done that ever since you've been in, in the public eye. You just make the world a happier place. So- Thanks for doing that.
1: Thank you, Judy. And I feel that you, honestly, we have so much in common. I feel like, you know, we were destined to meet. <laughs> it's true. And, you know, I'm going to tell you right now, I've said yes to one podcast, and this is the second in over five years. And I've said no to every podcast because I, you know, but, you know, I don't know what it is about you. When you sent me the message, I had this good feeling and this, felt this good energy. And I said, yeah, I'm doing this. Thank you. you. Just made it's my just day. The truth. I'm. i not. I'm not kidding. It's. Just it's made the, made the my truth. Day, Ask my husband.
0: You <laughs> Made I? my day, my week, and my year. Thank you. Uh, Thank you for saying that, Jennifer. What is the best way for people to contact you on social media?
1: Uh, if they go to Mother Daughter Date, you can email me right through uh, Mother Daughter Date on Instagram. It's very easy, and on on Facebook too. If they go to Facebook, but it, the easiest way is you if you go on Mother Daughter Date on Instagram. The email is right there or just message me on social media. I try to get uh, answer as many people as I possibly can.
0: TikTok for sure. <laughs> TikTok, of course. Absolutely. We're going to go on a short commercial break. More with Finding Your Bliss and Jennifer's daughter, Georgia Valentine, singing us out of the show when we come back, back in a moment.
2: Finding Your Bliss is brought to you by CREATE, Canada's leading fertility center for over 25 years. CREATE is here for anyone struggling with infertility or in need of assisted reproductive technology to have children. CREATE is about cutting-edge science from highly skilled doctors. In unprecedented times like these, CREATE is about ensuring the safety of all patients and staff, CREATE has made important changes to protect you by ensuring social distancing, wearing masks, as well as screening before entering. So what about the bundle of joy that you've been hoping would come into your family? CREATE Fertility Center is here for you. Visit createivf.com to keep up with the latest changes and learn about CREATE Fertility Center's comprehensive care for every fertility journey. Keep safe and healthy during these challenging days, remembering that life is about moments that we create together.
0: We are back and this is Finding Your Bliss on Zoomer Radio, AM 740, FM 96.7. And we're joined by the vivacious and beautiful Jennifer Valentine. We just finished a fabulous interview and I could have talked for another two hours. <laughs> and she is here to introduce our featured artist of the week, which is her beautiful daughter, Georgia Valentine. Georgia is a 20-year-old singer-songwriter from Toronto, Ontario. She's been recently working on her upcoming album 1111 that uh, was produced by Jake Donaldson. She's a pop, jazz, and musical theater artist. Her past year has been spent writing and studying at the Randolph Academy of Performing Arts. And she recently did this really cool song called Bluffing. But today, we're gonna be hearing her first release on her upcoming album, which is called Turn Off the Phone. Jennifer, how would you like to set up George's song, Turn Off the Phone?
1: It's a song that's definitely going to want to make you dance. I love it. I love her writing. Um, and it's kind of, it's really interesting to hear her write a song. Uh, she writes the words and the music together, which a lot of people don't do. Um, and she's always had that, uh, ear for music. She, she does have, it doesn't run in the family. None of us have it, but she has perfect pitch. And, um, she just loves to sit down play, play a song on the piano and right away. Um, but I just also want to say is today, October 9th is her birthday.
0: Oh, I've got the shivers. Happy birthday,
1: Georgia. That's so nice. I love that. So she's 20 today. She's 20 today. (laughs) Should we sing happy birthday? Yeah, happy birthday to you, happy birthday to you, happy birthday, Miss Valentine, happy birthday to you.
0: Woo! And many more. I love that. Well, we are going to have a listen to Turn Off the Phone, an original by Georgia Valentine. Oh my God. That was so fantastic. Your daughter's voice is so gorgeous. She has this tone, this timber and this tone to her voice that is unbelievable. Oh, my God. I just thought we found a new artist. That's really excellent. And she is really talented. Oh, thanks. (laughs) I know I just asked you, Jennifer, but what is the best way to contact both of you to contact you and Georgia on social media?
1: Definitely through Mother Daughter Date Instagram at Mother Daughter Date. And you can email us right from there.
0: That's so awesome. I want to thank you, Jennifer, so much for being our exclusive celebrity guest on the show today. It really was a delight and an absolute honor having you here. Oh, thanks, Judy. Judy, honestly, it was a pleasure. Loved it. Thank you so much. Each week, we spotlight a singer, songwriter, or musician on the show. If you're a singer, please write to us at music at findingyourbliss.com. And if you're an author, artist, writer, or anyone who is found and is following their bliss, we would love to hear from you. You can write to us at FYB at findingyourbliss.com. And of course, you can follow us at The Bliss Minute on Instagram and Facebook. I would like to thank our celebrity guest, Jennifer Valentine, for being here today. I loved our conversation. It was great having you on the show. Also, loved having talented singer-songwriter, Georgia Valentine, on the program. Thank you to Meg Ruffman, producer, Siobhan Kiley, senior editor, Haley Allegia, editorial assistant, Lauren Kaminsky, and audio producer, Faz Kazi. And of course, a big thank you to our sponsor, the Create Fertility Center. For everyone here, I'm Judy Liebrack, reminding you all to take one step closer